0: Please turn in your Bibles to the book of John, John chapter 15, John chapter 15. Uh, also check into your social media outlets, your favorite one, and let the world know that you are worshiping our Lord and Savior this morning at Shevis Oaks Baptist Church. Amen? That was weak. Amen? Yeah. Nobody asleep, right? Good, because I, I, somebody told me this past week, go wake them up. Just go wake them up, brother. Go wake them up. So I have permission. I I don't know whether I'll do it or not. John chapter 15. The last several weeks we've been looking at the issue concerning salvation. It's a pretty important issue, isn't it? Uh, At least it was when we were lost. We thought it was when we were lost, right? So this is a very important uh, uh, topic. Now, we all know the condition in the world today. The world needs Jesus. And we know that scripture tells us as Christians, we are called to be a witness. Thank you. I need some help this morning, brother. Keep it up. But as Jesus once said, the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. That's exactly right. We've seen that small acts of kindness will point people to Jesus. And, and, And we love to do that. That there are, and we also learned that there are very few people who go the extra mile that are willing to tell people what must be done to receive salvation. And last week we learned that a sacrifice needs to be made by each of us in all of our lives that the world may see our Jesus. Today I want to take a, a look at our lives. I want to each take a look at our lives to see if we truly made a transition from being followers of christ to being disciples of christ now we can all raise our hands and say yes we're followers of christ if we if we've accepted jesus as our personal savior we can honestly say we are followers of christ because we listened to the doctrine and theology we believed in that doctrine and theology and we became followers of christ but very few people can say that i am a disciple a disciple of christ So let's look at John chapter 15. We're going to start reading in verse 1. Very familiar scripture. All of y'all, this was one of my very very favorite scriptures when I first accepted Christ as my personal Savior. I think I used this scripture the second or the third time that I preached uh, when when God called me to preach, and it was horrible. So I hope this morning's a little better. John chapter 15, verse 1. And Jesus says, (coughs) I am, which goes all the way back to Genesis. Amen? He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vineyard keeper. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. That was the Jewish nation, as you recall. And he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you, Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains uh, in me and I in him produces much fruit. But because you can do nothing without me, if anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch that withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, whatsoever you ask or whatever you want will be given to you. My Father, this is our focal this morning, vocal, focal verse, verse 8. My Father is glorified by this. Boy, our ears ought to be attentive. We ought to be paying attention. Listen, God is glorified by this. Listen, my Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning, again, asking you to forgive us of our sins, asking you to forgive us where we fail you, Lord. God, I pray that you'd help us to pay attention this morning. You'd wake us, you'd shake us, Lord. You'd settle our hearts. You'd help us to be attentive to your word. Not the messenger, Lord, but the message because you prepared the message. I'm just the messenger, Lord. Help us, Lord, to hear from you that we might be greater servants when we walk out these doors here in a few minutes to our mission fields where you put us to serve you. In Jesus' name I do pray and all God's children said, (coughs) Amen. Amen. (coughs) The scripture we just read in the book of John happened just after the Passover supper and before Jesus was pray- portrayed by Judas in the garden. Jesus is speaking truths to his closest followers, the, dis- the true disciples, one last time. All of his disciples, one last time. Ju- Jesus had, had, uh, had been with them for three and a half years, teaching them, preaching to them, giving them pal- proper instruction, teaching them to have faith like no others. The time was drawing close to his departure from this world, and these men needed to know in, in times of the future uh, when they were in times of uncertainty if they were living up to his calling. Through the words Jesus left for them, they could always know if they were living up to what God called them to do, and so can we as Christians today. Again, the focus that we want to really focus on the first verse this morning is verse eight. Look at verse eight. It says, my father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. Y'all ought to underline that. Y'all ought to circle it. You ought to Take it, write it on a piece of paper. Put it on your mirror in the bathroom when you're, you're, you're getting ready in the morning. Put it on the refrigerator. Put it on the stove. Put it on the steering wheel of your car. Because this is important for us to understand. We need to get this. It seems as if we as Christians have like skipped over this verse or missed it somehow because we're not participating in it. We're really not. Now, understand this. As you look and you try to diagram what's taking place right here in Scripture this morning. Jesus has come into the world, and we're going to celebrate that next month. Amen? Jesus has come into the world. He, he's grown up in the world from a child. He has called some close men's, men to, to, to come and, and, and minister alongside of him. And they were uneducated fishermen, the greatest amount of them. Jesus took people that would not be expected to be called by God to do anything. And he did extraordinary works in their lives. Amen? Amen. And now, now the time for him to leave the earth and go back to heaven is drawing near. These men are going to be left behind to carry on his work. And it's very important they understand what's taking place. So Jesus is pouring into them, Brother Frank, the last bits of information that they need to carry on with what Jesus is about to do. Right? I want you to understand something this morning. The gospel at that point needed to spread. It was very important that they understand what they were doing. But I want you to understand this as well. This was when Jesus was about to leave and go back to heaven. The message that we're hearing this morning is more important than the day that we live in than the day it was preached. And this is why. We're not, we're not, we're, we're not, I'm not preparing you for, look, Jesus is getting ready to leave and this is what he wants us to do. That's not my intent at all. This is my intent. Jesus is getting ready to come back and the end of this age is getting ready to stop. The opportunity for this world who is desperately lost, desperately wicked. I mean, did you just hear what happened in our city along this past week? A 16-year-old shot his 13-year-old girlfriend. I, 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 and listen, what, what bothers me is we're not really bothered by it. It's just like, oh, well, another crime in Savannah. It, it doesn't shock us. It doesn't amaze us anymore. We are being conditioned on a daily basis to accept what's coming during the tribulation period on a daily basis this is more important to us today church because we need to understand who we should be in the body of christ and we need to get about doing it because it's not about jesus leaving and getting ready to go back to heaven it's about jesus coming back in the end of the age the opportunity for people to accept Christ as their personal Savior is getting ready to end. Well, hold on, hold on a second, Brother Kyle. I've read in, in the book of, uh, of, of Revelation where people do accept Christ. Yeah, you're exactly right. Those who have never heard the gospel. You mean to tell me that people live in America and they've never heard of Jesus and they've never heard His gospel? It's going to be hard for Americans to push away and say, hold on a second. Now, now that Jesus has come, I, I, want to accept, I want to accept him as my personal Savior. No, Scripture says if you deny Jesus today, if you, deny Je- if you hear the gospel, you deny Jesus today, you will believe a lie. What's the lie? That Satan is the, anti- the Antichrist, is going to be the Messiah. You'll fall down and worship him. Brother Kyle, I don't believe that. I don't care whether you believe me or not, but you better believe in Scripture. You, you really ought to. So understand this message today is really more important to us as believers today than it was in the actual day that Jesus preached it right before he was getting ready to be killed on Calvary's cross. It's important to us to understand this morning. So let let me try to break this down. Let me ask the question first. Are you a follower of Christ or are you a disciple of Christ? Now I hope and pray that your aspiration is to be a disciple of Christ, that you're, you're not content on being a follower, but that's where most of us are. I hope that you want to be a disciple. So let me ask again, are you a disciple of Christ? Now, church, I'm probably very guilty of watching too many sports on television. Am I, honey? I'm probably guilty of watching too many sports on, on television. Bob, I, I'm, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I, I, I keep up with just about every major sport there is. I, I just, I love sports. And, and y'all, y'all pay attention, y'all bear witness with me here for a second. I want y'all to see something and understand something. Out, out of all the major sports, I have never, ever, ever, Billy, you, you help me with this. I have never, ever, ever seen anybody who, who plays their given sport raised to the next level that did nothing but sit on the bench. I've never seen it. I've never seen it take place. I've never seen uh, Nick Saban go knock on a recruit's door and say, Look, buddy, hey, listen, we need you on our team. I've seen I've seen the tape of you sitting on the bench, and and listen, when when it was when it was getting close, you turned around and you got them boys up. You you stood up and you said, Come on, crowd, come on, crowd. We need somebody like you. When when, when the first team defense came off the field and, and they were, man, they'd been out there for, for 10 minutes, and it was a tough go, but they held them at the line and the red zone. Listen, I've never seen anybody do what you do. When they came off the field, you had two bottles in your hand. You had H2O and you had Gatorade and you rehydrated that defense. And listen, you're not a good player, but listen, this is what we, we need somebody just like you to come. We want to offer you a full ride scholarship to Alabama. Y'all ever heard anybody like that before? Now, I've, I've heard some stories, and I, you know I, when I was uh, active as the, the chaplain at Bluffton High School, some people got offered scholarships, and I was like, "I didn't see that coming I didn't see that coming, but, but I, I never saw somebody who sat on the bench. They didn't use the boy in practice because he couldn't get the plays right. I mean, he was that bad. They, they wanted to show the other team that they had numbers, so they let him dress out and wear the helmet, right, Billy? But, but he never played not one down. Got a full-ride scholarship at the University of Alabama. Bob, that ain't happening, is it, son? No. <laughs> if you're a quarterback. It does not happen. Why doesn't it happen? Because you've got to be in the game. You've got to be in the game doing what you're supposed to. You've got to be good to raise to the next level. Well, listen to this. At, it, at one time, I was also guilty of doing, being something else. I, I used to spend the, a lot of time when I was growing up, when I lived close to approximately or on Lake Wiley, I, I'd go fishing all the time. I'd go fishing to Butch, I'd go fishing all the time. Uh, there were poles right by the back door tilted up against the door. Now, I don't know what y'all catfish with, but there, there were mussels in Lake Wiley, and all you had to do was step about two feet out and run your toes in, in that deep mud, and you could, you could feel the mussels, and you'd pick one of those good ones out, and you'd pop that dude open. It was juicy. And you'd scoop him out, and you'd put him on the hook, double hook him on that hook, and, and throw it out as far as you can. And I didn't sit there, Jim. I, I, I would tie it around the dock on a, on a nail, and I'd go in the house, but I was always fishing. I, I would I would I was always either digging worms or, or or trying to find crickets or going fishing. And the great thing about my fish, because I love to brand fish, is is you know where they are. If they were bedding somewhere this year, you can bet they're gonna bed in the same place as long as the water level doesn't rise or, or fall too deep. They're gonna bed in the same place. They're always there. I, I love to fish. Can I tell you something? I hadn't fished in two or three years. Uh, now, I, I still have my poles. They're, they're in the garage, and they've got dust on them. Th- there's never been a time where I, you know, I, I've i come home after thinking, man, I need to go fishing. And, Butch, I, I've thought I need to go fishing, and I've, I've gone through the mind, in my mind, okay, I need to do this, I need to get this, I need to get some more hooks, I need to get this, and need to get the, I need to do all this. I've never gotten home and there'd be fish on my front door. It's never happened. It's never happened. I've never gotten home and walked in the sink and looked at myself. Good, look, look at here. I mean, somebody's, I've got brim fillets right here on the counter. I'm just going to cook them. That's never happened to me. This has never happened to me either. I've never known anybody to say, you know, I, I want a good mess of brim fillets. And, and Griffin, they, they get in their car and they drive down to the boat landing and they sit there and just just sit. I've never known Ricky Tire anybody to just be sitting there and the fish say, well, the man up there wants some fish. Let's go, boys. Come on, let's get in his car. I've never known that. Why is that? Because you've got to put in the effort. You've got to put in the work. You've got to, go, you've got to get in the boat. That's a sermon right there, isn't it? You've got to get in the boat. You've got to do the work. If you want to fish, you want to eat, you've got to do the work. Well, Brother Kyle, what, what, what are you talking about? Well, just hold on. I'll get there in a second. Church, I have loved the garden all my life. This is the first year that I can remember in a long, long time that I did not plant a winter garden. Now, if you go in my backyard right now, you will see. you won't see any collards, mustard, Broccoli, cabbage, or kale. Do do you know why? Do you know why you won't see any of that? Listen, just because I love to garden does not mean that one is going to grow on its own. It's not going to happen. Now, there's volunteers that popped up this past year. I had a tomato plant volunteer, and I had a couple potato plants because, you know, potatoes go rotten in your house, and you throw them out back in the garden to fertilize your garden, and sometimes they get deep enough. I I even had a a cantaloupe grow this past year. But the vast majority, if you don't plant it, it's not going to grow. Do you know why? Just because I love to garden does not mean one is going to grow on its own. If you do not work the soil, put your plants in the ground, water and hoe them, nothing is going to grow except for what, Mr. Cornelius? What's always going to grow in your garden? Weeds. All you people who want the perfect yard, man, I'd love to have a perfectly manicured uh, fescue. I'd love to have just a perfect, perfect garden. Listen, if you want a perfect yard, plant a garden. Then the grass will grow. Amen? Now, I can love a garden all I want, but unless you put in the work, I, I'm going to tell you, you're gonna be, unless you put in the work, you're going to be buy, buying vegetables instead of picking your own. You've got to put in the work. Brooke, you've got to put in the work, man. Now, I'm quite sure that at least one person sitting in the sanctuary right now is thinking to yourself, what, in, what does any of this have to do with the Bible? With, with Jesus, and especially with the Scripture we're reading this morning. Church, the illustrations that I gave you about watching sports, fishing, and planting a garden have everything to do with the Scripture we just read just as those illustrations take work on the part of someone to prove that they are worthy and capable of doing these things, so people must prove to God and himself that he is worthy to be called a disciple of Christ. The question that begs to be answered, the question that begs to be answered though, is are you being happy just being a follower of Christ (coughs) instead of being... A disciple of Christ. Are you happy being a follower of Christ instead of being a disciple of Christ? Now, I want to stop right here for a second because for the past three weeks, America and the Christians in America have this, this question going around in their mind. Is Kanye West for real? Because, listen, I, I, I've I seen who he used to be. I, I've listened to some of that music that he used to write. It was pretty nasty, pretty filthy, pretty raunchy. How, how in the world can we, you know, he, he comes out, nobody's listening to him anymore. His record sale, he's not losing, he's losing. How can we look at him and say, okay, this dude's for real? And when Amy came and told me and she showed me... Uh, Mary Beth, I looked at it, I was like, you know, this, these were my words. And it's not, I was not being a pessimist. I wasn't being an optimist. I was being a realist. Okay? This is what I said when she showed me about Kanye West. I said, I hope that it's for real. I hope that it's for real. Only time will tell whether he, he's really for real or not. Right? We, we all fall as Christians. We all fall. But only time will tell whether he's real or not. Well, this past week, Mr. West and his choir went into a a prison for no money. For no money. And and they they, they, they sang and gave testimony and praised Jesus for free. You know what what that kind of is? It's proof that what's in his heart is coming out. Now we, we, I mean, there's going to be people who speculate all the time. I might be one of them. I hope I'm not. If he's for real, I want to praise him and, and give him glory. I want to give him boost. Amen? I want to give him props. But this is the truth. Unless your mouth stops running and doing what your mouth has said you are, nobody's going to know for real until it's you, until you do it. You can say, listen, I, I, I can say all day long, I, I, I can do this. But until you do it. Until you do it, nobody's going to believe it. Hey, listen, even God, even God. So church, what what is it that our scriptures say about being a true disciple of Christ? Now I've asked you, I'm going to ask you one more time. Are you happy just being a follower of Christ or are you you wanting to be a disciple of Christ? What does our scriptures say about being a disciple of Christ? Number one, now please understand that I'm not talking about an apostle. I'm not talking about being an apostle. There are people who claim to be an apostle of Christ. They spend $100 uh, and sign their name on some website in California and they're apostles. They put that in front of their name. I don't understand it, but whatever. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about being a disciple of Christ. By definition, a disciple is one who accepts and assists in spreading the doctrines of another. A follower accepts the doctrine, but a disciple assists in spreading those doctrines. Listen to it again. A follower accepts the doctrines, but a a disciple assists in spreading those doctrines. We've got all kind of people who are followers. As a matter of fact, that's what you are when you first accept Jesus as your personal Savior. You become a follower of Christ. And through natural progression... Every single person, if you understand Scripture and what every person is called to be, we should all, shortly after we become followers, become disciples. All of us. A a follower is one who accepts. A a, a, a disciple is one who accepts and assists. Y'all got it? Now, our Scripture today first tells us that God is glorified, by an action that we can be a part of now do you know what this means church it means that by our very actions we can not only give god give glory to god but we can be a part of the glorification of god christmas is coming can you think of a better gift than To give glory to God? To be a part of His glorification? I mean, can can you think of anything better than being a part of giving glory to God, being a part of His glorifying Himself? Steve, can you think of anything that's better? I, I can't either. Jesus said, and if Jesus says it, we can most definitely believe that it's true. Church, what greater thing on this earth can we do than to add to God's glory? Understand here, each and every time we do what we're called to do, when, when we do what we're, we were created to do, that, that by, being, by, by winning just one person to the Lord, we glorify God his name his kingdom his dominion we lift his name up on high and so does the person who just received him that leads us to our next point today but before i get to that point let let me show you again how easy this is josh has there been a point in time where you've accepted christ as your personal savior so if you died right now you know that you'd go to heaven Oh, I can't do that. I mean, come on, y'all. Well, well, listen, we're talking about your family. Your your fam- Listen, your Uncle Bob, who's a drunk. Sorry, Bob, I didn't mean that. <laughs> your Uncle Bob, who is a drunk. Listen, you need to ask him that question. He might not accept Christ, but it's going to point. It's going to plant a seed, and it's going to make him think. How, how about Uncle? You know, uh, your cousin Sally. Y'all going to be around these people in two weeks? Thanksgiving? Sally, has there ever been a point in time where you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior? Well, no, I haven't. Would you like to? Well, yeah, yeah, I'd like to. Well, brother Kyle, how do I do that? You just, you just pray Romans 10, 9. That's all you have to do. Sally, just pray after me. I, 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 do, Lord, I believe that you are the Son of God. God, I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead, right now save me and use me for the rest of my life. I put my faith and trust in you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, That's all you have to do. That's it. Nothing more. That's it. I hope I can find my place in Scripture. Where was I? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Y'all ready? Jesus then said this. He says, he says, My Father is glorified when? Now, boy, our eyes ought to perk up. Listen, our ears ought to just pick up because don't you want to glorify God? Don't you want to be a part of the glorification of God the Father? The one who created everything. You look out at all the majesty and the beauty in the world and God created all that and He's going to let me be a part of glorifying Him? I'm in. I'm in, hook, line, and sinker. <coughs> Jesus said, his father is glorified when you produce much fruit. Now, what this means is that you are not content with just one. You, you, you're not content with just your family members. It means that you are only content when God moves you from place to place to produce more and more and more and more fruit for Him. Never being content with what you have done. Your desire is to reach one more and then one more and then one more and after that one more and after that, listen, you want to reach one more person for Jesus. And listen, you're, you're so ready then, you just want to reach one more. And at night you go home and you pray God, please send me just one more. And when that one more comes and they accept Jesus as their personal Savior you don't lay your head down and say, oh kumbaya, I'm done. No, 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 Listen, you're not content. You want one more and one more and one more. It's just like you Georgia football fans. You can't wait till next weekend. Bring them on. Bring them on. You just cannot wait. Next weekend is one of the biggest rivalries and rivalries in all of college football. No, is it? Is it? It's the following weekend. It's the Alabama-Auburn game. Boy, I can't wait. You are gonna start seeing the trash talking already coming this way? And listen, the, the Carolina Clemson games in two weeks, and there ain't gonna be no trash talking. <laughs> but people are ready. We ought to have that same appetite, that same desire to win. Just one more person to Jesus. Just one more. Listen, church. I, I remember. I remember when I was a small child, and y'all have heard me talk about this from time to time. My, my parents used to force. They had a form of forced slavery on us when we were children. And every August, every August, uh, the first two weeks of August, we used to have to go to the mountains of North Carolina, and we had to pick blackberries and blueberries. And they would take us to the, a farmer's fence around his, his, where he had his, his cows, and there was a big old apple tree, and my parents used to make us jump that fence and steal that farmer's apples. Yeah. So they could make their, their blackberry preserves and jam, their blueberry preserves and jam, and they would mix that. They would, they would, they would do the fancy stuff. From the, they would mix the blackberries and blueberries. I don't know what they called it, but they, then they'd throw some apple in there. But th- they would do all this. But when we were blackberry picking, blackberry picking I hated the most. You know why? The thorns were bad, but the jiggers were worse. Any of y'all ever had them jiggers, jiggers, chiggers, whatever? Y'all ever had them thing? Those things are evil. They nasty. They really are. And you don't know you got them until you start itching. But this is, this is what we'd do when we were blackberry picking. We would go, and, and they were, I mean, they were lush. They were bushes all over the place, Jeff, blackberry bushes. I mean, we lived, we lived two and a half, three hours away, and my parents knew where the blackberry bushes were in, in North Carolina. It just blows my mind. But we'd get in there, and, and we'd, we'd want to, to get done as fast as we can, so we'd try to find the most of them, and we'd pick them and pick them, and they'd be all around us. We'd pick them and pick them, throw them in the bucket, and, and then your eye would kind of, oh, look at those. That. Man, that's a big old cluster over. There, goodness gracious, and you'd wiggle between and you'd grab those. And you, and you know what you were trying to do? You know what you were trying to do? Huh? Fill, up the fill the bucket. That's what you were trying to do. You wanted to fill that bucket up. I can hear. Fill the bucket. You know why? Because when you got the bucket full, you were done. Church, listen to me. That's what we as Christians need to be doing. We need to be trying to fill the bucket. I don't I'd move around, move where God tells you to move, go where God tells you to go without grumbling, griping, or complaining. And I'm using good Christian words there, right? Why to fill your bucket? Some of y'all ain't got nothing in your bucket. You've never, listen, you've, you've been a follower of Jesus Christ and people look at you and say, boy, look, look at him. he's a good boy. Look, look at him. Woo. But you've, you've never won anybody to Jesus. Never. You've never taken that step from being a follower to a disciple and leading somebody to Jesus. God, God just didn't gift me with that. Yes, he did. He called all of us, all of us to be winners of souls. All of us. We just don't do it. I don't feel comfortable. Get comfortable. Lord, listen, Lord knows <coughs> you, you go you go tomorrow and, and buy a new recliner and you throw it up in that man cave and you sit in that dude and you're not comfortable. You know what you're gonna do? Go take it back and buy another one until you're comfortable. That's the same with soul winning. Keep on doing it until you become comfortable. The first time I tried to win somebody to Jesus, Steve Carter, I thought I was going to crawl under the bus. They they, they told me, listen, I don't want nothing to do with that. You you, you don't know what you're talking about. You're weak-minded. And the more they talked, the more I felt suppressed. Then I got home and opened God's Word because people listen. People say, why doesn't God talk to me? Why doesn't He talk to me? Get in His Word. He'll talk to you. He'll talk to you. And I started reading, I started reading the Sermon on the Mount, and I got to the point where Jesus said, blessed are you when men revile your name for my name's sake, cast you out and revile your name for my name's sake. You know what I was like? I've got to get another one. I've got to try it again, and I'm going to try it again. I'm going to get back up on that horse, and I'm going to ride that horse until I'm good at riding. Some of y'all need to put something in your bucket, church. We now come to the last part of verse 8. Look at verse 8. Let's read all of it again. Jesus says, My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be... My disciples. We now come to the last part. Church, I, I can tell you, all of you in this sanctuary, that I'm a certified and qualified surgeon. But until I successfully perform the surgery, I cannot prove that I am. I, 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 listen, I, I've watched you know, the, the TV show where they, you know, the surgery channel. I've watched some of them surgeries on uh, YouTube. I can do it. I can tell you I'm a surgeon. But until I do it, ain't nobody going to believe me, right? Does anybody want to be at my first test subject? <clears throat> I-, I can tell you that I am a ship captain, Bill. I am a ship captain. But until you, you, you see me take the ship out to sea, watch me maneuver that ship in rough waves and bring her back into port successfully, you will never, ever, ever believe that I'm a ship captain. Church, I can tell you that I'm a better lawyer than Perry Mason ever ever was. Y'all know who Perry Mason was? Josh, you know who Perry Mason was? They wrote a song about him. Perry Mason is on the... Come on, y'all. I can tell y'all that I'm a better lawyer than Perry Mason ever was. But until you see me defend a client in the court of law successfully, you will not believe me. Not a surgeon, not a sea captain, not a lawyer. L- listen to me, church. You can tell me, God, in this church and all your friends and all your family. Hey, you can stand on the top of the church and with a loud voice, tell all of Savannah how much you love Jesus and that you're a disciple of Christ. But the only way you're ever going to pr- pr- prove to this world that you are a true disciple is if you produce fruit. Brother Kyle, that makes me sad. <laughs> it makes me sad too. It makes me sad too. Should we not want to produce fruit for God? Because it glorifies God. We are glorifying God and being a part of the process of God's glorification when we win somebody to Jesus. Not when we pass out a track. Not when we put a bumper sticker on our car. Not when we wear a I Love Jesus t-shirt or WWJD bracelet. But when we win somebody to the Lord, we are giving glory and glorifying God. I want to be a part of that. Do you? Church, do you know what is going? it's going to take to go from being a follower of Christ to being a disciple of Christ? You're going to have to be willing and able to open your mouth And tell people what Jesus did and is doing in your life. And then ask them to do what you you did. Ask them if they want to accept Christ as their Savior. When they say yes, read Romans 10.9 and pray what Romans 10.9 says. It's not that hard. You're going to be uncomfortable the first two or three times. But I'm going to tell you something. When you win that first person... Oh my gosh. It, it, it's going to so excite you. You're, you're, listen, it's going it's to so excite you that, that you did something. You put a, bu- a berry in your bucket. It, it's going to so excite you, you're, you're going to get excited. You're going to want to do it more and more and more. Are you willing to go from being a follower to being a disciple? Let's all stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, we thank you for your salvation. We thank you, God, and we know that every person that's sitting in this room was led to you by a disciple, somebody who was willing to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with you. Let us want to be what that person was who led us to the Lord for you, Lord. Help us, God, that we might glorify you, your name, Every single day. Help us never be content with what we've done. Help us to always hunger and desire to do do and to be even more for you, Lord. In Jesus' name I do pray. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, do you need to come? Spend some time with the Lord? If you're here this morning, listen, if you're here this morning and you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, hey, come down here and let me show you what the Bible says. Every person must do. Will you come? I'm not scared. Will you come? I'll show you.